everybody, welcome to season 5 of What's IGN Crushing On? I'm Karen Welby-Solomon and I'm your host. And we're here to talk about what's hot in pop culture. Welcome to episode 11 of What's IGN Crushing On Season 5. I'm Karen Welby-Solomon and I'm joined once again by Leanne Philipson. Say hi, Leanne. Hi, Karen. And how's it going? Good, and you? Yeah, no, all good, all good. Today on the show, we were joined by Trix Vivier. She is the renowned South African actor. She has been in Legacy. She's been in Trackers. She's been in a lot of other things. And she's currently in the Cakenet drama Fraxi. Um, I've actually been a fan of her since I watched Trackers because she's amazing in that show. Like, like honestly, I really like that show, number one. But anyway, um, if, if anybody listened to my interview with Sasanda Hina, also like ranted about trackers and to a point where he was like, okay, Karen, we know you like trackers. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's here to talk about her new show, Fraxi, which is on on Tuesday evenings on CakeNet, as well as on DSTV Now. Um, so Fraxi, let me just give you all a little bit of a backstory. Three friends who went to high school together in Kimberley, Skulk, Yana, who's played by Trix, and Tim. And the three of them go back for their 20-year reunion. All fun and games, and, um, but like, the three of them were nerds, and it's just, it's just kind of cool to see how they interact and how the whole, I love, I love it when a show has a reunion in it. Like, I just, just, just like people dealing with um, their past selves and like old mm. crushes, always, always, always good for me. Like the mm. after party, love that show, Romeo and Michelle, anything with the reunion. So anyway, they all go back to Kimberley for the reunion and they meet up again. They had obviously lost touch over the years, and um, and at the point they're in, um, Skulk is like an like a big time investor in Stellenbosch. Um, and Tim is a professor at UP, I think, one of those like Gauteng universities. He's a computer mm-hmm. science professor and Jan is like a big shot lawyer, also recently moved to Stellenbosch. And then um, what happens is Tim builds this amazing banking app, which is going to revolutionize like the way banking is done in South Africa. Mm. And he shows it to, to some people. One of them being Skulk, and Skulk is like, this is amazing, I'm going to invest in it, I'm going to run your business for you, we're going to go big. And Yana comes in, so, oh yeah, so Tim quits his job as a as a professor, and he moves to Stellenbosch, and Yana comes on board as a lawyer. But this all sounds really simple. Mm. Girl, it was not. <laughs> the amount of scandal there was in that first episode, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, um, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, Fraxi was one of the best Afrikaans series I've seen in a long time, in years. Mm. Um, the way it's put together, the writing is so tight. Um, brilliant. Um, the, the, the characters are all, like, so rich and so scandalous. And they each have, like, a dark side. But you also really want to root for them. Like, mm. I was shocked at myself. Like, Skalk is this Afrikaans white guy who has done all these dubious dealings in Stellenbosch. Like, amongst mm. all this, like, kind of, like, Stellenbosch mafia vibes. But I was still like, oh, but shame, man. <laughs> and I'm still like, I want Skulk to do what well. I don't want anyone to find out about this nonsense he's catching on. I want him to trick his way through life. And and I was like, that's how well these characters are written. Tim is mm. this sweet hot guy who just recently got married and he's just like the nicest man ever. And then Yana also does this very like problematic thing in the first episode. But I was like, she's my girl though. Like, I will follow her to hell. So, I just, you know, I think we spoke about this with, like, the Ludic episode. But, um, mm. about how this, you know, you know, Afrikaans media has been so conservative for so long. And it's mm. great to see, like, these new shows kind of embracing the fullness of Afrikaans people. And, mm. and, and what the show does, I mean, not everybody is white Afrikaans in the show. 
I mean, it's Afrikaans people across races, and it's done really well. And like, I think I think um, Dion Lo- Dion said um, she's like, we aren't telling the opposite of conservative. We're telling how people are, and this yeah. is what Fraxi feels like. It feels like Authentic. real people doing real mm. things. And we're just along for the ride. So if you guys are looking for a tight, well-written, good South African drama that's got to do with sex, corruption, um, friendship, all of those different things, you know, you, you should check out Firaxi. You can catch up on all the episodes on DSTV now, right now. Um, and the season will be going on until January, I think. There's still a, like, a lot of episodes to go. Oh, wow. Um but before we get to that interview, there has been some scandal on the internet in South Africa this past week, and we would be amiss if we didn't talk about the Matthew Booth saga. I mean, you had to be specific about which scandalous internet thing, because I'm <laughs> like, between Saint Lounge and Sonia Booth, yeah. and my Twitter timeline has just been very lit in SA. Just <laughs> too much, too much to keep up with. A wise man once said, South Africa is like a movie. And oh, favorite. <laughs> it is a series. Every day there is a new drama. <laughs> and this just proves it. So Bafana Bafana, um, former Bafana Bafana player Matthew Booth, uh, wife Sonia Booth, recently exposed his infidelity on, on Instagram and on Twitter by making like a series of posts where she revealed certain areas and what happened and what she had discovered from receipts, from her car tracker, from from (laughs) Instagram, from her PI. She went, she did the full law and order detective search. And she she left no stone unturned. So, I mean, I like, you know, there's so much that happened and I would suggest that if you're interested in the story, to go read everything on Sonia Booth's Instagram. But, mm. I mean, ju- just, like, basically, um, she accused uh, Matthew of cheating on her with this woman, Bongani, who is also married. And Sonia and Bongani's husband, Klaus, met up <laughs> and had a bit of a conversation. Um, but the, the, the biggest... <laughs> <laughs> the biggest, the most scandalous part of the story, I mean, this it's all scandalous, but the part that was like, <gasps> that made everybody clutching their pearls was Matthew, in the middle of the night, the day before their son's birthday, Matthew had bought all these ingredients for cheesecake. So Sonia and the kids were like, oh yeah, dad's making cheesecake for, for the kid's birthday the next day. Me? Hello, it. Um, they woke up the next morning and there was no cheesecake. And it was a baked cheesecake. So, you know, that takes a lot no of time. No cheesecake. And the Tupperware was gone. And, and the there tupperware. was not a crumb to be found. Do you know what? I actually, like, so my colleagues and I were chatting about this because obviously I went to work the next day and it's like, I was like, guys, the cheesecake. And everybody knew what we were talking about and we all, like, had our own conversation around it. And it's fascinating because if you read, firstly, her social media rollout was like flippin' flawless, amazing. But if you read the stories, she was clearly in contact with Bongani before. Because she kind of, in one of it, she's like, I called you to cancel because it's our son's birthday. And I told you that if you didn't, I would expose you. So I'm like, okay, so she clearly knew about it. And Bongani knew she knew. And they were all fine. But it was the cheesecake that broke the camel's back. Like, if he hadn't taken the cheesecake, if he hadn't baked the cheesecake and then disappeared with it, would we be here? Do you know? I feel like that was one step too far. And if he had baked the cheesecake and not taken the Tupperware, <laughs> then maybe we wouldn't be here. But it's yeah. just, yeah, no, it was too so, much. It was so funny when, when the video of her going into Klaus's house and talking to the helper and saying like, why did you just put the cheesecake just so, like in that small, <laughs> it doesn't look nice. Oh my gosh, I laughed. I was like, <laughs> this Klaus woman. saying the cake was delicious was actually just too much. 
Imagine you must find out that the cake you are eating so lovingly was made by the other person in your partner's life. Oh no, just no. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) And Matthew has since commented uh, on the end, Mm. made a statement saying that, you know, he was sad and disappointed by these allegations that his wife made and, um, you know, and that the, the fact that their the children who are going through exams had to now deal with this too. And he apologizes to Bongani and his whole trust. But also further than that, like Sonny also made allegations that he was taking money from the children's <laughs> school fees. And <laughs> like... There's a lot. It was just, it was too much. I think also what I appreciated about stuff like this is firstly, okay, horrible, horrible situation. And, and it's terrible that, that we, I mean, we can suggest we can laugh about it, just the way it unfolded and whatever. For them, I think there's obviously a lot that needs to be dealt with. And in saying that though, one of my favorite things is the way the internet reacts and like how people went to go find receipts. So like, I mean, Sonia had all the receipts, but then people went to go find other receipts. So <laughs> someone went back in the timelines and they were like, yo, but Pongani was commenting on all his posts. Yeah. For like months, she was all up in the in the comments on his posts. And then they found one where he baked a cheesecake for Sonia. Like it was clearly his thing of like, he bakes cheesecakes for people he loves. And so I was just like, that made it worse. Like that other people like found stuff, but also South Africans need to stop. Like we are too good at laughing at traumatic things. Like, I don't know, man. It was so funny when he posted happy birthday to his son and Bongani comments and she also says like, happy birthday. I mean, people were commenting on her, like commenting. They were like, you ate his cheesecake. It was so funny. And like, um, people found Klaus, they found out that he worked at like, he's a professor of chemical engineering at UCT. <laughs> and the deductions that like, perhaps she married her professor, because like, how did they meet based on timelines? Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> and, and they were like, um, and there was, did you see that other people that that saw him and her out and took photos? Mm-hmm. And then people were like, yep. why did you take photos? They're like, he's a famous guy. I feel like in this day and age, it's kind of a given mm. that if you are doing bad things, chances are you are going to be... In public, especially. In public, especially. Even, like, how many times have you seen a viral video where someone's doing a, a stupid TikTok dance in the foreground and then in the background <laughs> is more interesting because, like, someone's getting robbed or something. <laughs> and, like, that shit goes viral. So I'm just like, you never know... Yeah. What you're in the background to. Like, the world is, there are cameras everywhere all the time. You just stop stop cheating on your people, man. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least cheat smarter. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Maybe bake two cheesecakes. (laughs) Maybe don't bake a cheesecake. But they were saying, like, you can see he's broke because instead of giving her money, like a good sugar (laughs) he he baked her cheesecake. But yeah, so so that uh, so that was the biggest um, scandal in in our in our essay news. But in slightly not as nice news, Johnny Depp walked the runway on on in um, Rihanna's Savage X Fenty Volume Four fashion show. Okay, well he didn't walk the runway. He had like a his own special video. Which I do mm. not see the point of. I am so flabbergasted by this choice. I must say. Like. I'm. I'm also confused. Um, I. I I'm, I'm struggling to understand why. So let's take the. Did he didn't he out of it. Right. Like we're not here to pass that yeah. judgment. Aren't we? I find it. <laughs> No, no, no. Because so, so here's my thing: is like the fact that Rihanna generally tries to live her life not being in the limelight or not causing a stir. Like she just wants to 
live a life, be with Rocky, have a baby, do her businessy things. Like, she's not trying to be out in the streets with the paparazzi and, like, making headlines. Like, that's not her vibe, and or at least it hasn't been for the last 10, 12, when did she stop? So it's interesting to me that she would choose to do something that she would know would cause a stir. Like, because even if you're not saying a statement, you're saying a statement. And so I find it, I just like, I, I'm struggling to reconcile what we know about her media habits with this decision. Because surely she knew how it would play out in the media. Like, that's that's what's baffling to me. You know what's baffling for me? Like, if we take out the did he, didn't he, as you said. <laughs> it's not like Johnny Depp was known for being this, like, fabulous underwear model before. He's not like... Like, if it was... fashion icon in any way, shape, or form. Like, if it was maybe, like, Channing Tatum. Like, someone we've seen in their underwear before. I don't know. who. Why couldn't I not think of a male model right now? But, like, Channing Tatum. I don't know. People that did, like, Calvin Klein stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, One of those people. If it was one of them, uh, even Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, Mm. then I would be, like... You know, maybe, you know, it's a comeback thing. Tyrese. But Johnny Depp, he's not even known for his, like, like, like lingerie type things. This is not even, like, a natural place for him to be at. Even if he was, like, like, you don't, they haven't put Brad Pitt on the runway. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, or mm-hmm. any of the people that I would consider, like, his genre. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean. It's very strange. It, yeah. It's, for me, it's just like. It was just, it was a very ugly decision, I think. Like, she was very mm. much trying to say something, and it's hurtful what she was trying to say, but, and it was very much a statement, which I didn't think was cool, and was, I was very no. disappointed. Especially not as, as a woman who's had to deal with her own version of he said, she said in the public. Like, yeah. that's what made it even more confusing, because I was like, you, you know what this is so why yeah anyway baffling yeah well the show is if you want to watch it is is available to stream on prime video um i for one am not watching but kudos to you if you want to watch it but in our in way be happier news i want to hear what you think leanne um people magazine has picked chris evans as 2022 sexiest man so was that a good pick do you think i mean okay i have no opinion on this i, I feel like i stopped caring about people a long time ago <laughs> and as people the brand not people in general um but um in least of all the sexiest men i think i lost complete faith in it when like blake shelton was crowned. at that point i was like this thing is like a farce it doesn't exist it's not real um and so i have not paid any credence to it since then I, I will say that Chris Evans is is more understandable than Blake Shelton if, mm. if we're going to make that comparison. Like, I don't even... Other than Blake Shelton, because it was so shocking to me, I don't know who's been. And I think that was like five years ago, because that was when he was still <laughs> just getting married to... Who's he dating now? Isn't that Gwen, Gwen Stefani or something? Are they married? Like, they were just getting together oh. when that news broke. And I was like, oh, is this like a media thing? I don't I don't understand. That was like five years ago. Since then, I have not paid attention. So, I mean, props to them for naming someone who's actually getting them the media coverage they want. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I heard a lot of people saying like, oh, only now and stuff like that. I'm like, I also like don't really care. But I think that he is a good choice because yeah, I don't know if it's maybe my for you page on TikTok. But every flippin' tweet, um, every flippin' video is about how someone is in love with Chris Evans. Weirdly, I'm not the biggest kid. Like, I do, like, I can con- I can see that he's conventionally attractive. Like, mm. and, like, sometimes he'll be in something, I'll be like, oh, he looks so good. But I'm not like that, mm. oh, I will die for you, Chris Evans type. But yeah, I do think no. that he's sexy, and I do think that, and, like, I found the shoot sexy, and... You know, it, it works. I do, I do also think, so for anyone who's saying why now, I will say this. Man is aging really well. So if you watch like earlier stuff, 
Yeah. He's like, yeah, okay, he's, he's okay. Like, he's good looking. Mm. He's fine. But I do think it's the same as, like, that, like, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Like, there's just the thing about where he's aging into his looks. Mm. And there's a certain level of confidence and there's a certain level. And then, like, he's doing different things with, this, with the moustache and the styling <laughs> and the beard and the... And, like, that's definitely working for him in this later era of his life. So, I mean, good on him. I mean, last year's Sexiest Man with Paul Rudd. If you're talking about (laughs) years too late, (laughs) I'm just saying. I love Paul Rudd, but I'm like, in 2021. um, That's so funny. so, So, yeah, so it's like, I don't think it's ever meant to be of the year because I suppose... You know, there's a lot of other people that, you know, they would mm. pick as the most popular. And some, I saw a comparison, I don't know if it was on Twitter or what, where they were like comparing the Sexiest Man of the Year with the Teen Choice Awards Choice Hottie of the Year. And, <laughs> or People's Choice, one of those choice. And then mm. 1999 was like, um, the Sexiest Man was Richard Gere. And mm. the Choice Hottie was Freddie Prince Jr. And I was like, oh, Freddie Prince Jr. is such a... 1999 person like if i think of like a hot guy who represents 1999 i would think of freddie prince jr so i'm like that is a good choice but yeah so i don't think it's meant to be like oh this is this year i just think like let's give the crown to somebody this this year but also so i find it fascinating because i remember because it's become a joke in hollywood if you're crowned sexiest man alive like that's the one thing i do know based on all like the interviews and stuff because you have to accept it so you can yeah. turn it down i think ryan gosling turned it down yeah because he because he was and then they offered it again and he was like nah no he never so was I, oh, sorry. was he never just because he didn't want it obviously because clearly like yeah huh. i want to know who they offered the year that blake shelton was <laughs> i can know <laughs> like, what I feel number like... on the list was he like, like how far down did you have to go so blake shelton Adam Levine and John Legend were all sexiest men. Men, sexiest men. So I mm. feel like there's a definite the voice to sexiest man pipeline that we don't talk about enough. <laughs> so I feel like I can see Nick Jonas becoming sexiest man sometime soon. Mm. And I don't know who else is is on is on the voice. I think I just remember Nick Jonas, but I feel like he's he's on his way to becoming sexiest man. Because of the fact that he was a judge on the, or whatever, coach on The Voice. Let's, let's move on and go to one of my favorite shows, as I've said millions of times. One of my new, favorite New South African series, Fraxi. This is our interview with Trix Vivier. Hi Trix, how are you? I am doing really well. I'm, I'm. I'm sweating and I'm super hot. I'm in, as I mentioned to you before, I'm in Dubai at the moment. So I'm kind of just acclimatizing to uh, what's happening around me weather-wise. But I'm doing really well. I'm um, recovering after a couple of months of very intense um, filming experiences. So it's Mm. nice to have some time off. Yeah. Yeah, you've had a busy couple of years. Like... Yeah, I have. Surprisingly, you know, as a freelancer, mm-hmm. um, the biggest threat one faces is sort of having or not having enough work. Um, so you are always sort of chasing the next project. And I think, yeah, I've, I've just been really lucky that the um, the sort of energy that I've put into my career has created this footprint um, that has, yeah, sort of um, supplied work, constant work um, over the past couple of years. But I've had, I've had, um, you know, quiet periods. But I, I've been busy. I've been very lucky. I feel very lucky. Yeah. So okay, we're here to talk about Fraxi because yes. you know this is the hot new show right now. But mm-hmm. um, so so tell us more about what Fraxi is about. Um. Well, sort of it's. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question because I think it it obviously gets marketed um as a this the tagline is, you know, how far will one man go to become a millionaire, which is mm. considering um certain South African figures at the moment, it's very um 
um, relevant. Um, it's very much in the spotlight. You know, there's uh, Steinheis, the documentary on Showmax at the moment. Mm. So that's sort of um, a very hot topic. Um, but for me, the, the way I see it, for me, it's a show about friendship. Um, it's a show about um, really dismantling the idea that you had of who you are um, and 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 rediscovering um, who you are now in this time after um, sort of certain traumatic events and the three people that the show focuses on um, is really the three friends. Um, Edwin van der Waal plays Skulk and um, Marlo Menard plays Tim and then myself I play Jana and you know the catalyst is when these three friends meet at their high school reunion um, and we we find them there's a sort of this um, parallel um, storyline that happens on the one hand they they find each other and they embark on this journey to design and to um, market and to or to bring to market this new banking app um, and essentially you know eventually that will change sort of the banking industry in South Africa and the world, which is also a super relevant, mm. um, you know, topic um, because banking is constantly changing um, in the world um, and the way we work with our money. Anyway, that's that's off topic. But then the, the other thing is, you know, we really find these three friends sort of on the precipice of um, of um, uh, changing their, uh, what is the English sort of when you change your skin, um, yeah. and some of the, the I think for 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 Marlo's character it's sort of um, by choice, but I think with my character and with Skull's character it's realizing that the identity you've carried or you've you've tried to pursue um, isn't working anymore, and you've fucked up quite badly, and it's <laughs> time to really sort of. Um, life is forcing this cathartic um, um, process on you where you have to change your skin because otherwise, um, you know, things are falling apart. And if you don't adapt and find a new identity, then, you know, you, you're not going to make it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's a really sort of long answer. But for me, that's that's the way um, mm -hmm. I, I saw the script and th that's how or why I was attracted to the story um in the first place and why I fell in love with my character and why I said yes to the project mm. but on on the outside sure it is about this guy skulk and you know the, the tagline is quite spot on you know how far will he go and how many people is he willing to deceive in order to to get what he wants um but I think that's also applicable um to the other two friends my character and Tim's uh, um, Marlowe's character um, because we do also cross we make certain decisions we, mm. we everybody saw in episode four that you know that there's um Yana um she uh, <laughs> corporate blackmail Skulk into getting some shares in the company because she lied well he lied about funding that he had available that he didn't have available and then you know she saw a gap there because she's at a financial loss because she's going through a divorce and so she's covering for her child and there's um so it is that interesting question of, 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 you know, what will you do in order to not only survive, but to thrive in your personal and family life? Mm. Yeah. So you actually answered like about a whole lot of my questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to, you have to press the stop button. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Um, firstly, you can, none of you guys look old enough to be 20 years out of high school. Let me just say. So I'm actually the closest to the ages. So, well, thank you. I will take the compliment. I see I will. Thank you. For a sleep-deprived mother, thank you so much. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, so my character, I play 37. Mm. I'm almost 35, so I'm actually the closest to, um, yeah, to the, the script age. But I tend to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because when I was like, question, <laughs> I was no, it's just a point I was making. Oh, right. Like, um, mm -hmm. So, so how was Yana different to the characters, in your opinion, that you've played before? Mm, good question. Um, so I'll start by answering just that's also um, what, what motivated me to do the show is I'm, um, I really consciously choose, um, or pursue a diversity in my work mm. um, and in the characters that I choose. 
because um, sometimes it's hard for directors and producers to, um, unless they have a good eye, to sort of imagine you doing something that you've never done before. Um, so I really try to choose characters that are um, chalk and cheese, completely different from one another. But it's not only to show diversity. I also find it more challenging and more interesting um, to venture into you know, different aspects of my being and, and my humanness. Um, mm. uh, it's just, it's more, it's creatively more challenging as an actor to try uh, different things. But um, Jana, firstly, I've never played a lawyer before. So, um, so that was, that was firstly just, you know, that as a sort of a um, undercurrent of, of, of who she is. Um, but not completely because your job never um, solely defines you. Um, but the thing that drew me to Yana was I, so when I got offered the job, I, I was, I was sent the first three episodes. Um, and there's a scene in episode three where, so her husband finds her with this other man. She has this an affair Um, she's, you know, they've been, she's been commuting because she got this huge job offer in Cape Town. Her family lives in Johannesburg She's very lonely. She's the main breadwinner. Da, 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 da. She has an affair. Her husband finds her. But then there's this conversation that happens, the first proper confrontation that happens between her husband um, and herself, where um, <laughs> she says to him that he had delusions about what it means to be the male counterpart in a marriage and in a family and in life it doesn't always work like that and it's not her fault that he feels emasculated in the way that he does mm. that's not her fault that's not her responsibility and I found that so interesting because I've never gotten to say those lines or have that kind of a conversation on Afrikaans television mm. which is my mother language I'm um, first language Afrikaans and I thought that is something I'd love to venture into um, I we've never also it's and it's not so much on the forefront of the story but I do think the template that they use for Yana my, my character the husband played beautifully played by Sean uh, Marco Foster and then our child Amy Rezane she's a brilliant little actress um, you know, looking at the gender inverse of, oh, the inverse of gender roles mm. within a marriage, then there's the infide infidelity, the affair, there's this child, and there's, you know, really looking at how do you, how do you manage that in, in today's society? How do you move on from that? And the script really uh, delves into the gray area of that, like the, both the pragmatic side of it, but also the emotional side and how hard it is to, and you must remember they were married when they were, I think they were 21 or, and I think she was like 23 when she had, no, hold on, she was, oh, no, no, they were young, they were married very young, but she was 28 when she fell pregnant. Um, and it really sort of, you know, threw a span in the works in terms of a career. Anyway, my Point that I was trying to make is that the, I was drawn to the character because of that I that's the scene I read first and I thought that's really interesting mm. because I haven't had the chance to have that kind of conversation in my own language and um, on tv but then secondly the way that we delve into and show the um the falling apart of this little family but then also the way that they recover from that mm. which I I found super interesting <clears throat> Um, yeah, and I, I wanted to do that. I haven't done that before. So, yeah. I'm actually quite excited to see that because I've obviously I've seen what's available, but yeah. um, like up until Emmy finds out and I kind of want to see how Yeah. They... Uh, so you haven't seen the part with the, oh, right. Okay, no, so no, I've seen, I've, uh, uh, uh. I've seen them. Did you see last? Yeah, last mm, one. No. Last one, right. Yeah, okay, I've yeah. Seen, I have seen what happens afterwards, but I mean, I haven't yeah. seen like the full. Yeah. But yeah, I'm quite interested to see what happens. But you and Sean Mar Marco Forster were just playing siblings in Legacy. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How was that kind of show? How did that Yeah. Show? <laughs> Talking about being versatile. <laughs> but it shows you guys also had like it's a close a... bond. Like, you know, you yeah. have that kind of, you can see you have a history. <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it's 
I was pleasantly surprised, both of us actually, because we, so I got offered the role of said yes. And mm. then I kept asking my agent, who is playing my husband? Because you could read from the script, you know, he's this like ex musician and he's sort of broken, but he's gentle, but he's tall and he must be handsome. And mm. it requires a very uh, specific kind of look and feel and um, essence. And, I, and then also chemistry with me, you know, mm. I'm quite a, so I was, I was thinking like, who's going to play. And then I got a WhatsApp from him the one day and he, <laughs> I think it was a voice note or WhatsApp. I can't remember. And he said, well, I guess like, uh, I guess we're going from brother and sister to husband and wife. And I was like, oh no. And he said, yeah, he, th he thinks he needs to have a phone call with the producers because he doesn't know how is this. So we were both a bit worried, to be honest, because, you know, we, we, we not only did we work together as brother and sister, so there was this really a you know him and myself and and Sean and and David Menard on legacy we really became like a little mm. family um and um you know we we were brother and sister there was this like brotherly sisterly like you know banter um and it's it's not a platonic love relationship a sibling relationship but it's not a romantic one either so it's quite a there's quite a shift that needs to happen to mm. to go from from being believable as brother and sister to being believable as husband and wife, where it goes from a romantic sibling relationship, but now you have romantic sexual um, uh, marital relationship, if you will, if you want to call it like that. And when we weren't sure how we were going to um, do that crossover, um, but I I just say to him, look the director and the producers know what they're doing. They obviously, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. We have to trust them. And then we have to trust our own um, ability as actors, because I said to him on the phone, like, that's what we do. Mm. You know, we, we are actors and we need to be able to make that switch. Yeah. And let's use what we already have, what we've already sort of mined um, between us and then see how we can, yeah, and then I must give a lot of credit to our um, intimacy coordinator, Kate Lash, who um, did um, various workshops with us to create and to um, uh, foster a, a sort of a romantic camaraderie between the two mm -hmm. of us and also um, um, was uh, excavate um, a space where a romantic life or actually the destruction of a romantic life could could live uh, where we could access that within our relationship. And and she really helped us to, to get there, which I'm super grateful for. And I think in the end, to be honest, I think it reads lovely. Mm. I really think it works. Um, because if you look at the relationship between Jana and her now, well, ex-husband, the reason also for the affair is that the relationship in many ways did become, um, you know, platonic and, and that of a, a more a practical, a, a pragmatic relationship, more than it, it was a, you know, one of, of support and emotional understanding and, and compassion and um, sex. There was no sex, you know, for, for, for a long time. So, and I think in, in that sense, it actually serves the story really mm. well. Yeah. Weird, but <laughs> hey. Yeah. It's like one thing that I learned at like Varsity and stuff, they were like, in order to show a couple going through divorce, you have, the, the audience has to believe that they were once in love. And yeah. I kind of like, when watching the show, I was like, I understood, like, I could see that kind of connection between the two of mm, you. Mm. So it's like, like, when yeah. you were rooting for them you were, to get back, you like, for you guys to yeah. get back together, so was I. I was like, I don't even know mm. this man, but I want you guys to get back together. Yes, yes, that is an amazing observation. And I actually, it's interesting because I, I didn't even think about it in that way. But now that you say it, it's, it's actually so true and I think I didn't think about it because we came to the show with that history already because mm. we had worked together for so long. So that's that's amazing. I'm going to say that to him. I didn't even. <laughs> I, no, honestly, I maybe maybe it did cross my mind, but I I didn't I didn't think about it in that way. But you're so right, and you can see it between mm. the two of us. I think. 
um, there is there's there's a lot of stuff and yeah. a lot of story between us. That's a that's so beautiful that you um that you yeah made that observation. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> I was very invested in the Yana like, Oh, I am very yeah. invested in it. Yeah. Um, so so obviously you've worked with a lot of the cast before, but is there anyone that you worked with for the first time in this that you know that you Oh yeah. Well that was also the other thing why I wanted to do it, because I um I love working with new people. Um it is a thing for me. I I try and work with um, as many new actors as I can just to, you know, be um, challenged in different ways and to um, experience the unexpected in a scene. And you sometimes when you get to know people, you sort of know how they work. So you know what to expect and then you fall into a pattern of repetition. Mm. But um, um, I haven't worked with Edwin. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with Edwin on two shows, but not in a sort of a... Uh, at this um, intensity of, of contact mm. um, in terms of our storylines. And I also haven't worked, I've never worked with Marlo. And I think, I just think he's one of the best actors. Um, he has uh, so much depth to him. Mm. And I've, I've always wanted to work with him. So um, also part of the reason why I wanted to do the job is because I haven't worked with the two of them. And um, I, I really wanted to um so yeah it, it was just such a good experience yeah what do you think would like surprise the audience the most when watching Praxi? oh gosh i i don't know because i, I you know i'm saying i don't know because i don't know who the audience mm, is okay. i who are they i mean i they're young that i don't know who's watching but i suppose it's a tricky question to answer because to know what will surprise them, you have to know who they are. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, I must say, sorry, um, if, if I want yeah. to give an answer. The end of episode one shook me so much. Like, I, like... What was well, the end of what was when, it? Um, when Skulk, like, goes off with the girl at the at the reunion. <gasps> oh, yes, yes. Yeah. That, like, I was, like, I've watched enough like okay, Afrikaans television to think, oh no, everything will be fine. You'll go back to his wife. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think in, in in saying that, I think perhaps the the um, ease with which the characters fluctuate between personalities and what they like, I how quickly their moral compass. Mm will change from north to west i think that because they they're very well defined you know skull mm. is defined as this family man who wants to buy the big house and who want, but but then he goes shoops and he just changes his compass just swings it does a complete 180 um i think that's one thing that will you know i mean like my mother watched um, the episode where I blackmail Skulk into getting shares in the company and she she also said like she didn't see that coming at mm. all um yeah so I think the pace at which the characters sort of um wear different masks if you will mm. um I think that will maybe um surprise yeah the audience and I think in a way the dirt of the financial sector <laughs> You know, you do, I think you do see and read uh, a lot of stories in the news and, and people listen to podcasts, but I think seeing it like that on screen um, makes you realize how there's a line in episode one, uh, Skulk's mother-in-law says, uh, she says in Afrikaans something to the effect of um, money, money is dirty, it doesn't matter where it comes from and where it goes, but it's dirty. And I think, you know, it is something that ultimately corrupts. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Brilliant answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just to end off, okay, this is our one, like, maybe a little bit personal, but um, who was your first celebrity crush? It was Heath Ledger. Mm. I feel like... Yeah. I kind of feel like your sister said the same thing. She did, she did, <laughs> because, because I will tell you why. We watched... A Knight's Tale, my sister and I, and my other sister, but oh. not my, she's, she's too young, but Maya is a bit too young. Leah and I can act out that entire, we know the entire script, the entire <laughs> screenplay. 
and we can play all the parts. <laughs> that is how many times we have watched A Knight's Tale. <laughs> and I will admit this, and it's super embarrassing, but I was genuinely sad mm. when he passed. It was it was really sad, mm. but on a more um um I really wanted to marry him. I I wanted to, to marry um Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah, she kinda yeah. look a little bit like Michelle Williams. Like <laughs> Thank you. My gosh. That is probably the biggest compliment because she's one of my um yeah, she's a big influence on on me. Mm, she's um, a pretty. But yeah, I was with a maybe with a new hair. <laughs> um, no, Heath Ledger mm. was out of doubt. And to be honest, in that film, Shannon Sossaman, I think is her name. Mm. I equally crush on her just as much. And you know, I'm Leah yeah. said the same. But she's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean I could have mm, gone either way. To be yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I understand both. Um Thank you yeah. so much, Trix. This was an amazing chat. Um, I love the Thank show. Thank you. That was our interview with Trix Vivier. Remember, you can watch Froxy on CakeNet on Tuesday evenings or on DSTV Now. So, back to our favorite section of the week. Leanne, what have you been crushing on? I have been crushing on Rosalind. It is a movie. It's on Disney Plus. It is a really good adaptation or telling of Romeo and Juliet from a different perspective. So it's told from the perspective of Rosalind, who's Juliet's cousin, who technically was involved with Romeo first. Um, but it's it's done so so well. What's the word for it? You used it the other day because um, we it's 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 a period piece, but they use modern language. Hmm. Oh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, it's a period piece, but they use modern language. So so she's using modern slang, and it doesn't have like the prose and all of that of of Shakespearean era language. So it's it's actually done really well, and the cast. I didn't I don't think I recognized anyone in it which was really refreshing so like no preconceptions um but it's it was it was so good it was funny and it was emotional and it was like a really good rom-com a little bit predictable like you know what's going to happen but perfectly good comfort rom-com that's executed really well and it's there's parts of it that have actually stayed with me post um so it's there's, there's substance there. It's not it's not your typical hallmark cheese, <laughs> which is fantastic. And you, what have you been crushing on? And and can we say that the guy in there is so hot? Oh my gosh. Bro. Okay, but firstly, <laughs> did he not just remind you of like a young Oscar Isaac? Yes. But I have good taste. <laughs> so He's such good taste. Such good taste. <laughs> he was Sean Teal, I think yeah. his name is. That the scene where he's like topless and she's like, um, you need to put on a shirt. He's like, why? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, yeah, he's so hot. So me, <laughs> also kind of maybe sticking to the period drama, I recently watched Emily, which is the um, film about Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson? What, what nonsense? Sorry. Emily Bronte. <laughs> Emily Bronte. Emily Bronte. Um, it's written and directed by actress uh, Frances O'Connor. And it's not like if you know a lot about the Bronte's history, it's not mm. exactly true what happens. It's like a Shakespeare love type version of of Emily Bronte. But whew, it was it was so devastating. I honestly was crying in that movie. I walked out. It's like the most beautiful gothic tragic romance like i loved it so much like it spoke to all the darkness inside of me and i walked out of the movies and i was like visibly haunted like i was walking around the mall like with like a like like, in a daze exactly oh i love that i was like i didn't say any i got up 
I didn't say anything. I walked out of that movies and I was just silent walking around. I dreamt that night about Emily Bronte. That's how much it was. Um, I loved it. But yeah, so it's, it stars Emma McKay, who everybody will know from Sex Education. And um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's very ballsy. It's very different. It's like, it tells, it's like an Emily Bronte that, um, that is very cool. I would say that. obviously very weird and different like Emily Bronte was, but very cool. Um, Cause I mean like Emmy Mac, em- Emma Mackey, like she's so cool. Like how can she not be a cool character? But I just th- think it was done really well. And um, yeah, so that is what I'm crushing on this week. It's currently in cinemas if anybody wants to watch it as well. But thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Me, you can find at Karen Walby on Instagram, at Karen Walby's with an S on Twitter, and sign up for my newsletter, Wild Streams, at wildstreams.substack.com. The podcast can be found at Crushing on Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find us at What's IGN Crushing On on YouTube, and you can find more information about this and all our other episodes on our website, crushingonpodcast.com. Send any feedback to mail at crushingonpodcast.com and you can send us voice notes at plus two seven seven eight three six two two five six six. Join our Facebook group, Crushing On Club, where we chat about the show, celebrity news, recommendations, the whole shebang. The show is produced by me, Karen, as well as Rebecca Barchers and Leanne Philipson. The show is edited by Rebecca Barchers. Our logo was designed by Nathifa Maruf, and the show was created in partnership with IGN Africa. If you like the show, tell everyone that you can, any way that you can. Keep up to date with episodes by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the episodes in Apple Podcasts as it helps others to find the show. We'll be back next week with another in-depth conversation with a pop culture lover. See you then.